With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Early on today, we were talking about the brand power of the the greatest player in my lifetime, I think across any sport that we watch closely, and certainly the greatest basketball player I've ever seen, Michael Jordan, and how powerful his brand is. Uh, I, I told the story of my uh, my niece on the other side of the fam, where she said that she wanted to get Jordan. She's like 14 years old and uh, had no idea who Michael Jordan actually was. But that's how. But she wanted these Jordans like nothing else in the world mattered, and it just goes to show how powerful his brand is. Somebody on the text line said, "Brandon, how many women do you? How many women know who Michael Kors?" Or Jimmy Choo is. I think oh, the better come on, the better way to answer that question would be how many men. But um, I I mean, it, 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 was Jimmy Choo crossing people up in the nineties? Well, that's the thing, and I'm not saying that these guys weren't. You know, I know who these people are, but it, it's not Michael Jordan. They're in the fashion world. Yeah, though. Right. They didn't transcend their business. Like I don't I don't think Michael Kors was doing something else and then came out with. What is it? What do they have watches? I don't even know. I mean, I know Michael Kors is kind of everything. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, I, I guess Jimmy you know. Choo is in the shoe business. Michael Jordan's in the basketball business, yet still to this day, he's selling shoes to people who don't even know who he is. That's nobody does this. So this this morning, I start diving into this new read. I could not put it down. It covers uh, Michael Jordan, the greatest player to ever lace him up. The book is titled Jumpman, The Making and Meaning of Michael Jordan. I had a chance to speak with the author, Johnny Smith. Here it is. When did Michael Jordan cross that threshold? You said he was at one point the most famous American in the world. At what point did he go from popular basketball player to worldwide phenomenon? Can you pinpoint that moment? I think it's the 1991 finals. Uh, The book culminates with that championship when the Bulls beat the Lakers. What's significant about that finals, it was the most uh, watched finals in NBA history to that time. More than 70 countries in this emerging satellite age watching Michael versus Magic, the two biggest names, most recognizable NBA names around the world. 400 million people watching the finals. And of course, part of it was driven by the fact that Jordan's corporate sponsors, Nike, McDonald's, um, Chevrolet, they had marketed him abroad in these foreign markets. And so that really is the turning point. And, of course, then, flash, fast forward, 1992, the summer of 92, Barcelona, the dream team, the, the global audience for the NBA was enhanced even further as a result of that. So it, I think it's that period really between 91 and 92. Do you get the impression in the people that you talk to, or just even watching him from afar, that Michael Jordan liked being a celebrity to the level that he was, or did that just get in the way of his ultimate goal, which was to win every basketball game he ever played in? 
Oh, that's a great question. I, I think it's more the latter. I think in the beginning, in the late 80s, he was more comfortable with the press. But what's happening by 1990, certainly, is that the press corps has changed. When he came to Chicago in 84, 85, you know, he recognizes the beat writers. It's a smaller crew. But then he becomes more successful. He gains more endorsements. He becomes more visible in the culture. Um, his profile is growing. And so the writers who are covering him who show up in the locker room, the number of them grows, but those reporters also become anonymous. And so his relationship with the press changes. He starts to face harder questions in that period between 90 and 91. He doesn't recognize as many of those reporters. He doesn't trust some of them. And so by 1991, in the fall of 91, after winning the first championship, when Sam Smith publishes the Jordan Rules, he becomes hardened, and he becomes disillusioned with fame, and I think he begins to question this uh, media publicity machine that has made him, and now he starts to retreat into himself. And that's one of the themes of the book, is how by the end of 1991, Jordan is increasingly uncomfortable uh, with celebrity. And he, so he's unlike Magic Johnson in that regard. Magic never saw a camera that he didn't, you know, <laughs> have a problem uh, with. So, I mean, it's very different personalities here. We're talking to Johnny Smith. He's the author of the book Jumpman, The Making and Meaning of Michael Jordan. This book has now hit the shelves, Amazon.com, the app, wherever you de- wherever you uh, you get your uh, your books, you can find this one. If Jordan played today... Do you think he would be able to arm himself with the level of mystique that he had in the 90s? Or is that just not possible in a world that's fueled by social media? Everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, boy, that's another good question. You ask good ones. I think he would struggle. I I think, you know, it's very difficult in this day and age to have um, an endorsement career as an NBA star like a LeBron James or a Steph Curry and not open yourself up more in ways that Jordan didn't really. I mean, if we think back to the great commercials that he did, you know, the Be Like Mike campaign for Gatorade, the Spike and Mike campaign for Nike, uh, where he appears on camera with Spike Lee as Mars Blackman, he doesn't have to let his guard down. You know, in the in the Nike commercials, he smiles at the camera, or maybe he, you know, offers a few lines as the straight man when Mars appears as the comedian. Uh, and in the Gatorade commercial, he doesn't have to say anything. He just has to play basketball, high-five some kids, and he's celebrated for just being a great basketball player. It's more complicated today. The expectations are that whether you're writing for the Players' Tribune or you have an Instagram account, that you're going to let the public into your world. But one of the points that I make near the end of the book is that by the end of 1991, Jordan is building this massive estate um, in the suburbs of Chicago, and it's going to have this really tall fence and a gate with security. He's building a fortress. He's building these, he's literally building walls around himself. And that's the way he's going to keep it, you know. And over the course of the 90s, during the Bulls dynasty, He's not going to let people in. You wrote in your book about nightmares that Michael Jordan used to have as he faced the pressures of being as famous as he was, and that all of that, just the lifestyle, wore on him in a way that none of us thought about. I mean, I was 10 when Michael Jordan was in his prime. He was my idol. 
Um, and you certainly don't think about that at that age uh, at all. But can you share some of that, some of the things that he would, uh, some of the nightmares that he would have uh, as he rose his level of fame? Yeah. he. So, like, in the late 80s, he admitted that his greatest fear uh, was that he would make some terrible mistake that would entrap him in some scandal. You know, in some nightmares, he was a, a stumbling alcoholic. Well, at that time, he didn't really drink alcohol. Um, or that maybe he was using drugs and, and, and then his whole life would fall apart. And so there's terrible fears of what would happen to him if he made a terrible mistake. And one of the things he told um, this reporter who was interviewing him for a profile in GQ in 1989 was that he was afraid that if he made a terrible mistake that the public wouldn't forgive him. And he connected it to uh, race. That as a black man who had broken through this uh, corporate wall, so to speak, and becoming uh, a, a major endorsement figure for Nike and McDonald's and Chevrolet and these other companies, that there would be consequences for him. And so he didn't want to take any risks with his reputation. He was very guarded, as, as we were talking about a moment ago. And so I think it, it taps into this window about his anxieties and that although Jordan didn't really talk about race often during his playing career, it reveals the fact that this is a man who, although he was praised for supposedly transcending race, he never transcended race. He had to deal with the history of uh, racial friction and uh, racial conflict in America as a black man. He knew that in order to be successful with the American public, particularly with white America as an endorser, as the face of the NBA and, and corporations, he had to participate in that campaign in a particular way. He had to play the hero who did not get engaged in politics or in certainly any controversy. So interesting. The whole Jordan legacy is just uh, the books, the documentaries. I could just gobble it all up. I'll ask you one more. I'll put you on the spot here. If you had to answer one or the other, which legacy is stronger, the Jordan brand or the Jordan basketball legacy oh gosh you know here's the way i would answer it and i think we're about the same age because uh you know i bought the air jordans as a kid and wore his jersey being a, a kid from chicago in the suburbs but right now if you look around there are young people and people our age who are wearing retro air jordans but those young people a lot of them they don't know anything about michael jordan right the brand has endured, and Jordan has been able to, especially if they're selling the Charlotte Hornets, sort of recede into anonymity. Certainly, The Last Dance and the motion picture air, it, it created this sort of nostalgia for Jordan. But now that he has sold the Hornets, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Michael Jordan. He's going to be out on the golf links or out on some yacht, and he's going to enjoy his privacy. So I think... You know, he created this incredible world that LeBron and the NBA stars today inherit, this incredible platform that they can use. And, you know, someday maybe LeBron becomes the next former NBA player turned owner. But if you think about our culture, you know, Jordan changed the culture in ways that no other athlete has. And he did it all worldwide, around the world. His Jumpman silhouette, the Nike logo, is recognizable all around the world. People are still wearing it. They're not necessarily wearing Michael Jordan jersey. So I think we I think his brand really is something that's deeply entrenched worldwide in ways that perhaps he as a person is not.
Yeah, the age-old question for Mike, and I think you, I think you nailed it. Uh, as great as his basketball legacy was, that brand is um, there's oh, there's almost nothing like it. The book is titled Jumpman, the Making and Meaning of Michael Jordan. The author, Johnny Smith, kind enough to give us some of his time today. Congrats on the book. It's phenomenal. I can't wait to finish it probably by this weekend. Uh, Really good stuff, Johnny. I enjoyed the conversation. Oh, thanks so much. Good to be with you. More in the zone coming at you next. Now, now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Credit. That's credit. Enter it now. now. Broadcasting live from the injury law firm of Kaufman and Lynn. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.